Have you experienced the pressure that we put on ourselves as nutrition professionals to have complete control over our own eating habits? When you encounter struggles, doesn't it deeply impact your perception of yourself and your professional integrity? Welcome to the Food Relationship Lab. This is your safe space to explore food and emotions without judgment, while also providing some tools to help. It's like couples therapy for you and food. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Jeanette Kilgrove, registered dietitian, and I am excited to talk to you today about something called the window of tolerance. This is a different take on kind of some of the same principles as the polyvagal theory, um, but I have found some additional insight and uh, wisdom available in this different look, and I have found that certain things seem to uh, resonate with different people, and so I want to kind of offer you just this different perspective. Uh, first, I actually want to start with like why did I start a podcast? <laughs> because I mean, there's a million out there, right? Is there anyone out there that's probably not already saying these types of things? Um, the real reason is I had a lot of friends and family that were like, great, you're a registered dietitian, like fix me. <laughs> Specifically, you know, what do I eat? Like, is it keto? Is it paleo? Like what's the perfect meal plan? And I'll just do that. I'll just do that. Right. And if you're a dietitian or other nutrition helping professional, you've probably found that they don't, even when you give them a really brilliantly well thought out meal plan. Um, maybe they follow it for a little while, but then they stop. And if you've ever tried to follow your own meal plan, you may find you follow it for a while and then you stop. And really, I didn't have an answer for them. Um, as far as what to eat. I think that good nutrition can be found in a variety of meal patterns. But more what I wanted to be able to explore with them was what was underneath. Like, what are we asking food to do for us? Why is there this drama over what to eat? And th so this podcast is the answer to that. And why I'm kind of pumping out several episodes in quick succession is I want to give everyone a kind of baseline for this this new insightful take on why is it that maybe we know what to eat and we just can't find ourselves being consistent at doing it so in all of this if you hear this and you're like holy cow this i love it this is the missing piece i've always sensed that there was something under there um, that dealt with like literally our neurobiology not you know i mean certainly i've always been interested also in the psychology of eating right but when it comes down to like actual biology what's going on for us um i know you would find it so um beneficial to contact irene pace who is my mentor in this work and um, she has brought together beautifully the worlds of neuroscience and then nutrition so you can find her at irene pace i-r-e-n-e-p-a-c-e.com and contact her and let her know that you're interested in more information on what it would take to train in this method so the last time i talked about uh the polyvagal theory 
And um, this window of tolerance model is proposed by um, another gentleman, Dan Siegel, in his book, uh, The Developing Mind, which was published in 1999. So again, this is this has been around for a while, right? Um, I mentioned that some people seem to resonate with this one a little better. Um, I think one of the reasons why is it lacks this hierarchy. Uh, well, I mean, sort of, let me, I'll explain. <laughs> so the, the latter um, model has this, you know, top, the safe and social model or the safe and social zone, um, this middle of the ladder, the sympathetic response, and then this bottom of the ladder, this collapsed uh, energy. And with that, those that find that they often are falling into more of a collapsed, shut down, overwhelmed, can't get themselves to do anything state, I, some have told me that the idea that they are at the bottom of the ladder pro probably feels true. But it feels like there is so far to climb to get to the top. The, almost why even bother, right? Especially when they feel like no energy. It's a complete like collapse and withdrawal. And so this model resonates with them a little bit more. Uh, it's the idea of, so picture this like similar three sections um, like on the ladder, but the middle section is this desirable place, this zone of resistance. This would correlate with the safe and social zone or the ventral vagal um, state in the polyvagal theory. Um, I am mentioning polyvagal theory, and if this is your first um, introduction to that, last episode, um, episode four, <laughs> I need to do something to keep these uh, straight. Anyway, um, the last episode was one that talked about that specifically. And I know that you'll find that fascinating. So I'm going to um, kind of compare and contrast these two. You could certainly listen to this one first, but know that it may not totally make sense without the background of the other as I kind of make comparisons between the two. So this, uh, if there were three sections, this middle zone is the zone where we would want to be. It, it's where we can be creative. It's where we can feel our best. It's where we can relate to other people in a kind and um, just connecting way. So, but within that, we go up and down all day, every day up and down. There's fluctuations in our, our level of kind of activation and arousal and energy, and it goes up and it goes down. It goes up and goes down as, as unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, we don't live alone, right? I mean, some of us may, but we still interact with other humans. And so a lot of our responses to those interactions are, I don't want to say out of our control because that, you know, produces this victim idea, but it's certainly, we can't control them, right? So uh, we have lots of ups and downs related to just how it is to function with other people in society. And, but when that goes outside of our zone of resilience, um, you know, either rises above a little too high outside of our zone, we enter this zone of too much energy, too much activation or emotional arousal. This is the zone that, that correlates um, in the polyvagal theory with the sympathetic energy of that fight or flight response, right? So we've just exceeded our capacity and we're now in kind of a protective state, a um, certainly a, uh, what's the word? 
I don't know. Moving on. Um, certainly a zone where we um, kind of lose access to our higher thinking and we're just in a defense. That was the word, a defense zone, right? So opposite is we've got our middle zone, this zone of resilience. If we drop down below, we've lost active activation energy, kind of a shutdown, um, uh, lack emotional arousal. Then we fall down below the zone of resilience. This zone then would be would correlate with the bottom of the ladder energy in the polyvagal theory. So that dorsal vagal um, zone where it's kind of a shutdown and um, collapse energy. So obviously our goal would be to stay in this nice middle zone, right? This zone of resilience. Um, but because we can't control the fluctuations of life, sometimes we need tools to get us back into a regulated state when we go too high or drop too low. So the window of tolerance really is a beautiful name because it, the idea of this window, it can expand. Not only do we need tools to be able to, in the moment, bring us back into a regulated state, but also can you think of how much better you could handle the ups and downs and swings of life if your zone of resilience was nice and wide there was room for lots of fluctuation because you could you could handle the ups and downs as opposed to a much narrower window as you can imagine things like getting enough sleep um are not necessary I mean, maybe something you could do in the moment right if you're like i am just gonna go to bed and stop <laughs> stop talking to people and stop eating the food i'm just gonna go to bed sometimes that is necessary and can be regulating you know in the moment but more so just the general sleep quality is going to affect how large our window is and how how well we can tolerate those ups and downs now what does this have to do with food um we may use food in the moment to try to regulate to bring us back to the middle zone and honestly it works so if anyone's trying to tell you that food does not work for that um they're wrong food food definitely works for that <laughs> and um if you have found food as your go-to you know that it works for that and so it really can't be discounted as an option but if it's your only tool for regulation, then let's let's get you some more tools, right? So consider what might be those types of things that help you regulate in the moment. It may be music. It may be going outside and just breathing some fresh air. It may be calling a friend. It may be um, turning on the water and just running your hand under the water, some warm water or some cool water to just kind of bring you back to like the here and now this moment and allow you to kind of calm that stress response, that fight or flight response and bring you back to, you know, here and now get thinking brain back online and be able to actually make conscious choices from there. Tools that widen the window though, I mentioned things like sleep, um, there's a lot of interesting um, research on like cold therapy, you know, the ice baths, the crazy people <laughs> you see on the internet, but it is a way to be able to expand that window of tolerance so that the ups and downs, you just can handle them a little bit better. What are some other things that you can think of that you already know are your go-tos, the things that you know help you regulate in the moment or that you know you just can handle the swings of life better when you've widened your window in these ways. 
Um, as I mentioned, some of these, do you have any ideas for like an experiment, something you could test out? Um, episodes two and three also have some additional thoughts on experimentation. Um, coming up, I will be um, producing a free mini course that goes over these, um, again, with similar details, but includes visuals to help kind of visualize these principles. I find that that really helps helps me when I've just tried to listen to something and imagine it and wonder is, is this what you had in mind? Cause this is what I was picturing. So keep listening to the podcast. I'll announce that when those are available and I'm going to keep it short this week. There's no reason for me to uh, keep rambling when that is uh, covers the bulk of the material I wanted to touch on today. So I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have any thoughts on how this really would apply to you, or you'd like to brainstorm it a little bit, come find me on Instagram. Um, in all honesty, I am not great at checking those messages. So cut me some slack, but, um, that is a great place to connect with me and kind of just see what I'm up to. So see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love to feel like I'm actually connecting with real people on here. So if there was something that resonated with you, would you send me a message on Instagram? You can find me at rdn.jenn. And you know, it helps the podcast to grow when you share with a friend, leave a review. Please help me spread these messages. Mm-hmm.